God is the foundation of life and is the well spring of satisfaction for us with weary souls. He is the God of comfort and the Prince of peace who alone can calm every pounding heart and still every fearful thought. He is the living water that sustains our souls and we all know it's only him who can satisfy us who feel exhausted. One thing I know is that times are hard right now and some, for some people times are going to get even harder. But here is the good news. Our Lord never changes. And because he never changes, he is reliable and dependable. He alone can satisfy our thirst. He alone can protect our hearts and our minds. You know, the deer that is thirsty knows the agency of finding water before it's too late. And my encouragement to us this morning is like the deer that finds water agently. Let us also find Jesus, the living water, agently so that he can satisfy our souls. You know, we believe and we know that he's the restorer of our souls. And we need the living water from him to refresh us, to refresh our hearts and sustain our spirits. So Lord, we pray that you can keep us under the shed of your wings. In the name of Jesus. Wow, worship team, thank you again for blessing us with your talent and for helping us to connect with God through music. We appreciate all of you. And to the rest of us, Dumelang, Sanbonani, Absheni, good morning, Huyamore. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lotekiso, and I have the awesome, awesome privilege of leading this community called Following Jesus. Listen, if you are joining us for the first time, we see you. Saubona. We welcome you with a special, special warm welcome here at Following Jesus. If you've been joining us for some time on this platform, we want to say to you, Nawe Siagbona, welcome back. It's so good to be with you. And for us who call FJ their home, it's always good to be back here, fellowshipping as a community and worshipping God together. Listen, if you're a member of FJ, you might have received a message on WhatsApp with a link to a survey that we are conducting as the leadership. And we ask that you take some time to fill in the survey and give us some of your thoughts. Some of you we know are busy and might not have had the time and opportunity to respond to the survey. But we want to encourage you to please take some time to respond so that we can know the next steps that we need to take as we dream about the future activities as a church. So yeah, please take time to do that and we'll give you feedback once you've received as many of your feedbacks. This is a quick reminder that today we'll be having Holy Communion together. So if you forgot, please grab your Holy Communion stuff and get ready. Over the past few weeks, for those who've been joining us, we've dedicated space and time to amplify the voices of women in our church. And we have looked at the problems facing us when it comes to the issues of gender-based violence and also look at the practical steps that can help us, both men and women and society at large, to fight against what is now known as the second pandemic in this country called uh, the pandemic of abuse of children and women. So this morning we have the privilege of having Charmaine Rafterseth 
to close this series. So listen to what God has put in your heart and let's listen to Charmaine right now. Take it away, Charmaine. Thank you, Fabalo, for the introduction. As you heard, I'm Charmaine, and I'd just like to open with prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everything that you have done for us these last few weeks. Thank you for the privilege of hearing these women speak into our lives and share with us what they have experienced. Lord, I pray that you'll touch every heart as we sit here this morning that we will hear your voice, that you'll hear who you created us to be. Amen. I've really enjoyed these last five weeks. It's been such a privilege to hear what people have been sharing around the impact that their womanhood has on them and how they've experienced this in church and to hear what Jesus' intention is for us as women and men who he created us to be. I'm concluding the series and I'd like to go through just a little bit of what we heard these last few weeks. On the 2nd of August, Jane started the series by comparing the lens through which Jesus sees us and society sees us as women. She referred to the hashtag challenge accepted movement and on social media and the context within which it started. She spoke about the powers and the principalities of sexism and how this impacts on women, the pain that that has brought women and how their pain has not been heard. And then the unintended inhibition of the potential of restoration for women. And that God desires for women that we see and regard women as God sees us. On the 9th of August, we continued with a panel discussion on gender-based violence. We heard about the impact of GBV on women, on their daily lives, as Kanye shared, and how women cannot move around freely, freely without fear. We were also challenged to recognize how society focuses on women's role in this rather than looking at the impact of the men that have done this to women. Our church was also challenged to find a way to support men to find a solution to the violence that is imparted on women. And then Kanye spoke to us on the 16th of August, looking at how women are leaving churches because of how they are devalued when they do not conform to a particular stereotype and feel that they do not fit in or are not valued. We know that God does not have a certain expectation of us. He treats us as women who are respected and valued. Kanye beautifully related the story of Hagar and how she and her son were thrown out by Abram, Sarai, and the society that they were in. We know that God does not treat women like that, that he values them for who they are, that he does not disrespect them and that he does not have an expectation for them to fit a certain mold. In Jesus' time on earth, he even allowed women to provide for him and the disciples and he invited them to join him in his journey. He saw them, 
He restored them. He gave them back their voice. Kanye challenged us to find ways to allow everyone to be seen, to be heard, to be valued and acknowledged. She invited us to ask ourselves how we can ensure that women are heard and thought that we should even ask women in our church what would be required for that to happen. Last week, Lydia spoke very colorfully about the lion or the lioness, whichever you prefer. And she spoke to us about God's intention for men and women. We see in Genesis 1 verses 26 to 27 that she quoted that male and female were made in God's image, that he mandated them to rule together over creation. We saw that the curse disrupted this and that men started to rule over women, that this brought women shame and pain, especially shame as Eve was seen as the one who was first deceived. Yet, Lydia reminded us that God chose to remove the shame from women and chose a woman to be the one who brought Jesus into the world. She's referred again to how Jesus spoke to Simon, who devalued the woman sitting at his feet, and told him to see her for who she is. She ended her talk joyously rejoicing in how Jesus sees us, how he knows us as women, as ones that he created to rule with men, ones created with worth. I personally love reading John 8 verses 3 to 11 because of Jesus' compassion for women. He dignifies her and does not humiliate her. Let me read it to you. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand up before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were used to using this question as a trap in order as a basis of accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with a woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus validates the woman in a way that he speaks to her as an equal, not someone to talk down to, treating to her like the woman that he created in Genesis. One to be equal to a man, to rule alongside him, as we've just heard Lydia speak about last week. The way Genesis paints Creation Day is not about who comes first. It is not about who comes last. It is not about who is in charge. 
It is about the interconnectedness of man, woman, and their relationship with God, their Creator, and each other, and the earth. We see God's mandate for command and authority for both the man and the woman. God the Father created woman and named us, ones that have a place in His kingdom. We see this reflected in Scripture in many of the women, like Deborah, Esther, Mary, Rachel, Rebecca and Elizabeth, to name just a few. Biblically, women are twice referred to as Ezer. First in Genesis 2 verses 18, the word is used 16 times in relation to God, three times to people in general, and twice in reference to women. Woman is an Ezer connecto. One who is created to be a helper who stands alongside as a companion. She surrounds, she succors, and by the easers entering into the picture, she assists in helping and protecting the life of the other. Men who are open to hearing the voice of the spirit-led easer often reaps rich rewards. It is a partnership not a subordinate role. This is God's design. So then, what went wrong? We see what went wrong in Genesis chapter 3. With sin entering, the connection between God, the man, the woman, and earth breaks down. Eve eats the fruit which has been forbidden by God, and Adam stands by and does nothing. Adam, the male that God created as Zakar, the word used to describe him in Genesis 1 verse 26, which means one with the ability to mirror God's penetrating and powerful love by moving deeply into another's soul with a life-changing impact. One who re remembers something important that moves him to do something important. And yet, what did he do when Eve ate the apple? He did nothing. He did not do what God created him to do. He was as complicit as Eve was in that moment. Yet, how often do we hear that spoken about in Christian circles? There's usually silence about that. So we see suddenly all that was connected in Genesis 1 and 2 breaks down. Man and woman break their connection with God. And their relationship with each other breaks down. God curses the serpent. He curses the earth, the ground, and he speaks out disconnection between man and woman. And until Jesus redeems this, we see relational disconnection between men and women. This is what happened. And men start ruling over women, both in Scripture and today. This is not God's design for us. This is not God's intent. Yet, we continue to see this play out in our lives. Let's go back to John 8, 
and notice the absence of the male who participated in the adultery. It is stark. Somehow it reminds me of how women are still treated in society and in church. And it breaks my heart. A woman's way of dressing is often remarked on, not a man's. I believe this is a result of Christian patriarchy, including the complementarianism, which says that men and women have different roles and responsibilities. The male roles always the ones of headship and the women's roles being those of support. The story was rewritten by Christian men after the fall. And it goes like this. God is represented by the male leadership of the church. The male leaders of the church hold authority over the male leaders at home. The male leaders at home hold authority over the women and the children. Flashback to the Pharisees, the male leaders in John 8, mirrored by the behavior in our churches. Women's sexuality is treated in a particular problematic way. Christian patriarchy presents the idea that women's bodies are problematic and seductive. Therefore, the focus on what women wear. In this ideology, women are valued for their sexual purity. They are seen as emotional and in the need of male rationality. When a woman is violated, her behavior and her clothing are inspected, not the behavior of the male. Yet again, the adulteress, who is alone in being attacked by the Pharisees. Kangi referred to this even on the panel discussion around gender-based violence. The goal of this patriarchy is to have power and control for men to dominate women. The outcome is that women feel less and inferior than men. They do not feel that they are made in God's image. God's image to the church is veiled because we do not see men and women working together in the way that he created them. And when the conditioning of women in the patriarchal mindset does not work, we see coercion, we see intimidation, and ultimately we see violence against women being perpetrated. Let me share my story. I've also been at the mercy of male patriarchy, both in society in general and in the church. I'm often told, I'm too bold, I'm too strong. What is that? I'm too opinionated. I often hear women referred to as strong women or too strong. Yet, I have yet to hear a male being accused of that. As a child, I was abused by a male. And I've also experienced men ignoring what I have to say and then using the very ideas that I express as their own. I worked as a senior manager in an organization and I was on a, a task team that, was, that consisted of only men and engineers. I was the only non-man, <laughs> woman, and non-engineer in the group. And I kept experiencing making suggestions 
and having them ignored and a particular male then picking up on my suggestions and making them as his own. One day I had uh, more than enough of that and decided to challenge him. And I said to him, what is going on here? I have made suggestion A, suggestion B, suggestion C. These have been ignored. Yet, minutes later, you make the suggestion and they are applauded by the other men. This is not acceptable to me. When I make an, a suggestion, I expect you to hear me. Um, he was very offended by me and ran off to the CEO and complained to him about this rude woman in the task team with him and that he will not remain in the task team if I remain in it. Well, fortunately, the CEO valued what I had to say and um, said to him, well, if you don't want to be in the same task team as Charmaine, then I accept your resignation. He was not impressed by this. He did not expect that because that was not the norm. The norm generally would have been to just tell the woman to resign from the task team. And even though the CEO sounds very benevolent at having supported me in this, he had a nickname for me. At the time I thought it was amusing, in retrospect not so much. He used to call me trouble. And he used to call me trouble because I used to speak my mind. There were many very obnoxious men, very opinionated men in the organization, and never once did I hear him referring to them as trouble. In the church context, I was part of a group who planted a church, and the pastor who led that church um, decided to come to me and tell me which ministries I could or could not be part of, even when they had nothing to do with the church. And when I objected, to that he told me that he was God's anointed and he could hear God's voice and I should listen to him. Which of course meant that clearly I couldn't hear God's voice for what he wanted to say to me. The years and years of hearing male's voices speaking to me like that have eroded me. They have made me feel less loved by God made me feel less secure in my relationship with me and they've deeply impacted on me making me feel inferior i have raged many a time against god for creating me as a female whilst he is seen as a male and therefore felt that i was less than and yes this was a sinful response to rebel and be aggressive around that and that's also not God's desire for me. You see, our gender and our perception of our gender are at the very core of ourself. At the very core of our self-image and our self-worth. It impacts on how we see each other and how we relate to each other. It impacts on how we interact and connect with God and with others. God's desire for me is to focus on Him, on His calling for my life, to be secure in my gender identity and see my worth in Him and see how much He values me as a woman. And for me to work in relationship with Him, with men and with women and the earth.
His desire is not for Christian patriarchy to damage the lives of both women and men in the church. His desire is not to have us perpetuating these broken ways of relating. His desire is us seeing him and seeing what he created was good. To see his intent in creating us, men and women, in his image, working together, side by side. So what can we at Follow in Jesus do to return to what God desires for us as women and as men, sharing his image to the world, not veiling it? I believe we need to look at power. We need to identify and challenge structures that are driven by patriarchy. And often we just do not see that because it's so the norm, so the way that we do things. We need to see where women are treated as less than men. We need women to, and men to have the same visibility, for them to be performing the same functions. We need to have women teaching as regularly as men so that it is the norm. Not just to have a month where we teach as women, that we're different. We need to see that we complement each other and work together. We need to look at language. We need to be aware of how we use language in a way that demeans women. And I often, as I said earlier, have people refer to me as a strong woman. I don't hear people that often referring to men as a strong man. That language is detrimental to how we perceive ourselves. What is it saying? That women are not strong? We need to look at our culture. We need to establish a culture that has gender equality, where women are as visible and active in me, as men in all areas of ministry. We need to teach our children to see this. We need to show them healthy examples of appropriate behavior, of us as men and women working together and valuing each other equally. Showing Jesus as the focus. We need to show them examples in scripture that value this, that teach them this. It might even be useful for us to have a workshop in which we explore these areas fully. Everyone in our community needs to know and experience how Jesus in, is inviting all of us to be the women and the men that he created to be us to be. Are you prepared to respond to this invitation? I invite you to listen to this song and to really hear what Jesus is saying to you in this. sing 
touched your heart as much as it did mine. I hope that you really heard God's voice and what he was saying to you as men and women. And I'd like to invite Pavala now to join me as we show you the example of men and women working together as we share communion with you. Over to you, Pavala. Thanks so much, Charmaine. That was really beautiful. Thank you for opening your heart and telling us your personal stories and we know it takes a lot for someone to share so deep so thank you we really appreciate that and i hope you sitting at home you've enjoyed the series and i hope that this series has meant something to you and for some women who've been facing some difficult things i hope this series has brought some kind of healing in your heart and that it has comforted you in some way and for us men, I'm hoping that this series has opened our eyes, has opened our hearts, and has opened our minds to some of the things that we took for granted in the past. So, as following Jesus, as the leadership of the church, we commit to continue to be part of the healing story of this country, to be the part of the healing story of our communities. And you know healing is part of our priorities. So we pray to God for strength, for wisdom, and for courage for us to continue standing with him, to standing firm with God and fighting the social ills with him by our side. Because we want to fight as God fights. We want to fight on our knees. We want to fight through conversations. We want to fight, we want to fight through love so that we can rebuke the world with our actions. So following Jesus, we really love you and we hope that we'll continue to be a church that's relevant, a church that contextualizes everything and a church that really makes an impact in the community that we find ourselves in. So as we come to an end of this series and as we take communion, you know, this five weeks, different women have spoken about Jesus and how he treats women. And this Jesus so amazingly shares and pours out his love to women. It's the same Jesus who went to the cross for you 
and for me, for you, Charmaine, and for me, and demonstrated the ultimate love, the ultimate, ultimate love, that he was willing to die so that we can live. So as we remember him, as the Bible says, as often as we can, Jesus was sitting with his disciples and he took bread and he cut it into pieces and he said to them, take and eat as often as you can and remember me always. So let us take and eat in celebration, in remembrance of him. Amen. Let's eat. And in the same spirit, Jesus takes the cup full of wine. And by the way, this is real wine. Thank you, Charmaine. Um, he takes the cup and he gives thanks to the Father. And he says, take and drink. This is my blood, my precious blood. Drink as often as you remember me. Let's drink. Wow. Hey, following Jesus, it's been amazing. And as always, you know, we love you. We care for you. And as a community, we always strive to be on the side of Jesus with our actions, with our words, and with everything that we have. So let's continue being the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere we go. Let's continue loving him and serving him with everything that we have. Last but not least, next Sunday, we will be kicking off the new series from the book of Acts. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. The book of Acts is one of the amazing books in the Bible, the beginning of Christianity. So we're going to be exploring different themes and different topics. So why don't you invite your friends and let them come join the service on Sunday. And yeah, let's hear what God has in store for us. And until then, we love you. Take care. Keep safe. And show show. Sure, Cheers. Sure. Cheers. Yeah. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Nice wine. Really good. Very good wine. Do you want another glass? <laughs> I'm going to drive, so otherwise I would have said yes. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, bye. Sorry, we didn't see the camera was still rolling. Bye. Enjoy. <laughs> bye.